Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, tracking the Toronto Raptors 121-110 overtime loss. Riker, I think it's fair to say this is the most angrying loss of the season. I don't think that's a ver- noun, a, a word, but I'm just frustrated right now, Riker. Yeah, I mean, I told you this before <laughs> we started the podcast. We made it to overtime, I opened up a tub of ice cream, ready to settle in for an interesting <laughs> match, and stress ate half the tub. I just want to say this. I want to go on record to say the team lost overtime. Regardless mm-hmm. if Lowry was swapped out with OG and OB, that ain't nothing started by Jimmy Butler. That would have happened either way. Those sloppy turnovers and bad shot selection would have happened either way. With that being said, I'm going to be pointing a lot of my criticisms tonight towards a Mr. Kyle Lowry and a Mr. Nick Nurse, even though I'm not nearly half as creative as that coaching mastermind. But tonight, there were some obvious errors on all parties here that were trying to win a game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in disbelief, Ben, at how tragic that loss was. Well, Riker, I've heard a couple of your takes before this pod. Sound away, because I agree with some, I disagree with some. Spill it out. Spill that ice cream talk out. Take number one, and this is just <laughs> simple maths, Ben. This is just quick maths. Of the 11 three-pointers that Kyle Lowry missed, we could have had 22 to 33 points. That's just simple quick maths, right? We only lost mm. this game by 11, so we lost this game by the amount of points that he that he bricked from three right? Now we're taking away, not only that, but we're taking away probably, oh, Siakam only took 14 shots. We're taking away his average here, eight. He usually gets up 22 shots per game. We're taking away eight shots from Siakam. We're running a crazy defense, Ben, where... Okay, okay. Let me sound off on the the defense first, and then you can jump in. We're running a defense (laughs) where Kyle Lowry is taking Justice Winslow up at the half and switching on to Bam out of bio. Oh, we were... What were we playing? What was the defensive strategy? It was it was let Miami do whatever they want to do and hope for a few misses. It was ridiculous, man. Okay, so so we'll we'll talk about your Kyle Lowry point tonight. Obviously, Kyle horrible shooting performance. Went 12 2 of 8 not 12 of 18, 2 of 18 from the field, 0 of 11 from the three-point line, 8 of 8 from the free throw line surprisingly, but 12 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds, and this might be a hot take. I thought Kyle Lowry had a decent a really good game outside of the shooting. He did everything else well. He made some beautiful passes. He, you know, had took that charge at the end. He was driving in, kind of sparked that run to actually put this game into overtime. But, you know, the shots just weren't going down. And I feel like a lot of people are going to blame this loss on Kyle Lowry because of, you know, the horrible shooting. But every shot that he took was a smart shot to take. If he didn't take some of those open shots, I would have been disappointed. So... Honestly, I can live with it. It's his first game back from injury. Hopefully the shooting obviously doesn't keep up, but I'm fine with the Kyle Lowry kind of shooting performance-esque. And you brought up how you didn't like how Kyle Lowry took that many shots. I think a lot of that was on Pascal Siakam being passive. I don't think it was Kyle Lowry being a ball hog or anything like that. I thought all the shots he took were smart, despite the fact he was struggling. Most of the shots were open threes. Pascal Siakam just looks shook out there. It's by far the worst game I've seen from Siakam this season. Bam Adebayo, I know he's a good defender and all that, but Siakam's supposed to be that guy that's our number one option, whether Kyle Lowry's on the floor or not. He took one shot in... uh, 
in the fourth quarter, including overtime. There, there's one that was taken away because of Marcus All screen. But Siakam's got to demand that ball. And the one possession that kind of summed up this game for Siakam with me was in overtime. He had the ball. I believe it was uh, Derek Jones. Someone was guarding him that really shouldn't had no business guarding Siakam. And he was at the top of the lane. And instead of being aggressive and and being tight. He literally was was afraid and telegraphed a pass straight to Kyle Lowry that that was real pass. It wasn't in a move, and then Jimmy Butler ended up capping off his 8-0 run. Pa- there was, you were disappointed was in no Lowry. Flow. A lot of people are, no but Siakam got to take over these games. But he's no got to at least be aggressive. You can't expect him to take a confident shot when he's only took one shot in the past 15 minutes. And my criticism towards take Lowry, a shot. my criticism towards Lowry is not that he took 11 misses. My comment mm. is that those 11 misses, had he not been playing, would have went to somebody else, and they might have shot at a higher clip. My criticism yeah, no, with no, no, Kyle that's Lowry. Fair. That's fair. My criticism with Kyle Lowry is he completely disrupted the flow of the game. And it, you, you, you can say that he brought the team back, but that's simply not the fact. His, uh, his complaining after every call, his aggressiveness, every single possession that Kyle Lowry had, he wanted the ball to stop, to go dead. If we're, when we have been successful this past eight-game win streak, it's because the, the whistle hardly ever runs. We, we get out in transition. We push the ball. And that's, that's happened in fragments this game. And there's a little bit of credit to be had towards the Miami defense. But the, you, you can't argue that the composition of the offense was completely different than we've seen prior to having Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka together in tandem. And then my second issue... And my, I'm not even going to talk about defense yet. Is you have a starting lineup on the Miami Heat with Myers Leonard and Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is 300 pounds of pure steel. That man is a block. Uh, Pascal Siakam had an easy time going around him, and I'd argue Derek Jones mm. Jr. has a much better chance at guarding him because he's long and athletic. And so I, he needs to get his shots up. I agree, but I, I don't know. Do you truly think it's passiveness, or is he just not getting? His attempts. I mean, where did those 18 shots go? Who who would have taken them if uh, if um, Kyle Lowry wasn't playing tonight? Would we just run the bench more, or, or would have it come to the starters? I don't know. Well, yeah, th- that's something we could speculate on. But to bring up your point on passiveness, Pascal Siakam started this game. You know, he he had that phenomenal game in the last one, 35 points. He was being aggressive and. He ha- he has struggled against these bigger blockier defenders because he's more of an inside out player. He even though his three has been tremendously improved this season, when the threes didn't go down early, when he missed a few of those jumpers and he airballed, I think he had three airballs in the first half of this game. He started, you know, he looked to get inside, but he couldn't physically impose himself on Bam at a bio, and he wasn't getting around him tonight for some reason. So I thought if Derrick Jones Jr. is on him, at least because we've seen Siakam post up guys that are smaller than him and get buckets left, right, and center. Unfortunately, we couldn't end the game with that sort of thing. But you know, Siakam's just got to find a way. And you mentioned it. That's fair. yes. In yeah. the last in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, it's tough for Siakam to get the ball and say, "Let me take over." But the fact that even though Nick Nurse inserted him in late. He's got to get a shot up. He's got to demand the ball, say, I'm going to need a drive. I'm going to need a post up. I'm going to need a cut or something. I'm going to make a smart cut. Because Lowry was feeding the cutters tonight, and so does Fred Van Vliet every night, right? Pascal Siakam has, as their number one option in terms of scoring, has to get a shot, two, three, four shots up before that stretch of happens. Whether he's making them or missing them, at least he has the balls in, ball in his hands. He needs to be within, he needs to be the offense. It can't be, you know, the flow or blaming it on other guys. He is our number one option on offense. It's what Kawhi did last season. It's the difference between Pascal Siakam, who's, you know, an all-star and all that sort of stuff, night in, night out right now, and a superstar, night in, night out. Whether the shot, Jimmy Butler tonight, he... You know, Jimmy Butler, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he has that sort of clutch gene where 
you know, I sound, don't want to sound like Skip Bayless, but he knows how to take over games, right? He didn't he didn't have the greatest night in terms of scoring efficiency. You know, before the overtime period, I believe he only had, you know, 14 points or something, right? But down the stretch of the game, he demanded the ball, whether a shot was going in or not. And that's something Siakam has to do if he wants to be our number one option. And it's the difference between a good regular season team and a good playoff team. Having players that can do that down the stretch. And, you know, Siakam, he's forced into the number one option this season. It's been something we've been watching. He does it some nights, struggles some nights, usually against better teams. He struggles with it more often. If we want to go back, you know, go back to back, make it to the finals, anything like that, beat the Miami Heat, beat the Boston Celtics, beat the Bucks in the playoffs, we're going to need Siakam to step into that player because I don't think it's fair to expect Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry to be that this season. You know, Siakam's got the highest potential to be that player for us, and I think he can. He just needs to shift his mindset and be more aggressive down the stretch. The defense, to me, just looked gross out there tonight. I agree with what you're saying yeah, that's about another Pascal point. Siakam. Yeah. The defense, to me, looked gross because they were all over the place. I didn't. It seemed like maybe they were playing some sort of zone or a, a box. And when we I was, switched into a zone My eyes were all around the screen yeah. here this game, but the issue was there was wide-open three-pointers at times, and then they were getting mm-hmm. beat on backdoor cuts at times. And I'm saying, yeah. why can't you play man-to-man? It's because you're getting bullied here when you have two six-foot guards out there, and that might be a reoccurring issue moving forward. But what disappointed disappoints me the most, Ben. What disappoints mm-hmm. me the most about this game is that I don't leave or I don't finish, you know, when the final buzzer rang, I don't say, okay, we lost because this Toronto Raptors team is not as good as the Miami Heat team. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. how can now we reintegrate Kyle Lowry into this rotation or into this team so that we can be the most successful possible? And the unfortunate thing is, we will never know how good the team without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka could be because we didn't see them lose any games against those plus 500 teams, right? We're always going to have that oh, question mark We lost now. the Clippers and Mavs. The Clippers is a hard one, though, because, you know, that's going to be, they are probably a better team, right? So that's always going to be a battle. And that was a, a good contest, uh, contest. But my point is, Ben, I don't want to put the, mm-hmm. and I started the podcast saying this. I'm not saying Kyle Lowry lost the game tonight because we made it to overtime. Mm-hmm. The team yep. lost in overtime. That was a terrible team, offense and defense. Well, no, the defense was fine after we stopped that 8 0 stretch. But yep. the issue is that I'm saying tonight is could we have won? Had we have played the regular game that we've played the last eight games, where it's fast pace, you know, we have our young guys going out there confident. We give Rondé Hollis Jefferson time to go hard on defense mm-hmm. and get those crazy and one buckets. Or would the Miami defense have stopped that too? But instead, I'm going to be wondering, hey, Kyle Lowry took 11 three-point attempts and he missed them all. If he hadn't have been playing and those shots were distributed to the guys that have been used to getting X amount of minutes that were now significantly limited would the outcome have been different? That's what's really killing me about tonight's game because we won't know that answer. That's a fair criticism for tonight's game, but you might sound off on a different opinion before we swing into the segment, so feel free. But we are a better team when Kyle Lowry's on the roster or in, in implemented in the lineup. I think that's, that's a take that I'm going to run home with all season. He is... If, you know, Siakam's our number one option, you could make an argument Kyle Lowry's our best player, in my opinion, still, just because of everything that he does. And... It's very rare we're going to see Kyle Lowry go 0 for 11 from the three-point line. Let's let's just say he makes two of those. I think we win this game because his mindset's fixed. You know, they have to, you know, guard him and all that sort of stuff. Kyle Lowry, 
even though it's a, it's certainly a different style. And the fact that Kyle Lowry did go over 11, it did harm this game. He's a the, Those missed shots are a big reason we lost this one. We couldn't play the same style and all that. But I think our style with Kyle Lowry, able to hit shots. Now, if Kyle Lowry's shooting this percentage night in, night out for the next month or so, then we have a lot of issues to, to bring up and all that sort of, sort of stuff. But Kyle Lowry knocking down shots and playing the way he does, we're going to beat the Heat eight times out of ten, in my opinion. I think we're a much better team than we are without him in the lineup. And yes, it hurt us tonight because he's coming back from injury and the shots weren't going down, but the shots going down, even at a not a great efficiency clip, paired with everything else he does on the court, I, I think it's tough to argue that we're not a better team with him on the court. I think that's an intelligent argument, Ben, and I won't disagree with you. Had he made two or three, I mean... He probably took two threes that he missed in the overtime when we were when we had that six point margin, and that would would have made a difference as well, right? Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. My my issue is that his aggression tonight was based on him feeling like he was getting missed calls, right? Every time mm-hmm. that he misses a basket and he falls down, he gets in the ref's face first and gets back. This is what I'm saying is slowing down the pace. And this hasn't happened in the past eight-game stretch because we don't have complainers. Everybody's out there trying to prove themselves. Yeah. Kyle Lowry comes in with the ego that he's already proven, a however many time all-star, an NBA champion, that he should be getting every call. Play hard-nosed basketball. How many times was Jimmy Butler hacked tonight that there was no call, right, on putback layups, etc.? Not saying that I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Butler tonight. I'm just... There's just a certain yeah. amount of flow that you need. But anyways, Ben, I agree, and he's not going to have this poor shooting every night, and if he does, then we will reopen the conversation mm-hmm. about what his role should be on the team. But we're going long. Let's bring it into the segment, shall we? Yeah, certainly. Tonight, the spicy P lay of the day, Riker. It wasn't going to spicy P. It's going to our guy, Norman Powell, who, even off the bench tonight, had a monster game, 23 points, 8 rebounds, and hit a clutch 3 to put us up oh, up 1 against the Miami Heat after it looked pretty bleak there in the fourth quarter, but the Raptors, Raptors made a run, and it, it was capped off by Norman Powell hitting a corner 3 where the refs... It was. It looked like a conspiracy or something, because I didn't know you if you didn't call... It didn't look like there was a coach's challenge. The, the refs just kind of came together and were like, oh, should we call this out of bounds or would this be blatantly ripping off the Toronto Raptors? And they took about five minutes of, of game, of real time to decide that. But Norman Powell capped off a run that could have won us this game. Unfortunately, it didn't. But that's that's my spicy PLA of the day. That's fair. And there was no angles. And the rule is unless mm-hmm. it is clear that you it should be overturned, then it's not overturned. And there was no angles to show that it was definitely out of bounds. There was one angle that looked like he was in bounds. But... Um, you know, not all plays can be the spicy pea lice. Some just make you say, oh, geez. Tonight, I was. it's not bad enough for me to give him the gold star, Ben, so I'm going to give him this play instead. For all of Norman Powell's heroics tonight, I felt like he was the most mm-hmm. confident player. He took the most practical, reasonable shots. He did them in motion. He never hesitated on any threes. What was his late-game defense against Jimmy Butler? Thankfully, Jimmy yeah. Butler didn't capitalize on those two uh, free throws at the end. He missed one, which sent us into overtime. But there's one thing playing defense on somebody's hip. But he rotated so much open that he basically gave... He split the Red Sea for Jimmy Butler to go up there and get an open layup uh, shot and, and draw the foul from Marcus Gasol. I thought that was ridiculous defense from Norman Powell, who had an otherwise perfect... Well, not perfect, but fantastic game. 
Yeah, you you have to think that there was a defensive scheme and a miscommunication for for Norm Powell to be forcing him that far in that direction. You probably expected that Marcus All was going to be ready there or something. But yeah, no, that that play certainly made me say, "Oh geez." And finally, the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award Riker. One one thing that uh, that came to my mind during this game, it's it's going to. Uh, the Toronto Raptors media staff or whoever they have doing the, the scoreboard. This is kind of more of a Mimi one, but they gave Kelly Olynyk a tribute in the first or second quarter for being a Canadian basketball. I was like, okay, respect. You know, he's a Canadian guy. I'm all about supporting the Canadians around, but it was, it was like a home tribute. But after that happened, he went on to hit some crazy threes and it, it just looked like it sparked something under Kelly Olynyk to have the, the hometown kind of give him a little ovation, even though he's never been a Toronto Raptor. He's never been anything like that. And, to have him hit those corner threes at the end of the, the game, hit that mid-ranger that was real dagger for the Raptors in their run, it, it just, I, the, the the media staff of the Toronto Raptors is getting the Demario Carroll gold star from me, Riker. They can get the Demario Carroll's gold star. He's not the only random player that stepped up tonight. Duncan Robinson, what? <laughs> Who is that? You know, and it's not like Terrence Davis <laughs> stepping up against the Atlanta Hawks. This is a, a random guy stepping up against the defending champs, one of the better defensive teams in the league. That's a joke. And also, whoever was setting the defensive sets tonight for the Toronto Raptors, they're mm-hmm. getting my gold yeah. star because that was bonkers, Ben. Bonkers. What were they What were they doing? Backdoor cuts. Yeah, I... No switches. Switches on to putting Lowry onto the bigs. You know, leaving Kelly Olenek open from three. Play man-to-man. Who's going to beat you besides Justice Winslow? No one. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It looked like the Raptors were in man for a lot of stretches, but... Whatever it was, the help defense were just a bit late. People were, were Siakam let a lot of people go back door on him, which was much of, a lot of the reason those layups happen. Those layups happen. I can't even speak right now. But yeah, the Toronto Raptors. Let me switch to the zone because the man-to-man obviously wasn't working, and you can't run a zone against a, a bunch of shooters. That was just real weird. But anyways, the Toronto Raptors will bounce back. We have a tough schedule coming up. We have a fun one coming up against the Rockets. So stay tuned to the Raptors Digest. You're the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, any last words? Bam! Out of bio. <laughs> I never got to say it during the pod. All right. Cheers.